This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. In half an hour, we have the opening bell where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. Before that, let's take a look at the environmental law framework in Malaysia. So we're bringing this up because the legal fraternity is convening in Sabah this week for the Borneo Rainforest Law Conference 2024, spotlighting issues related to environmental conservation, such as tackling the illegal wildlife trade, addressing gaps in unsustainable practices, and also incorporating nature-based solutions in the response to climate change. In his remarks at the conference, Chief Judge of Sabah and Sarawak, Tan Sri Dato Abdul Rahman Selby, emphasised the nexus between having a strong framework in environmental law as well as effective enforcement involving all stakeholders. As rising climate change risk underscores the importance of conserving the environment, are Malaysians' environmental laws sufficient to meet these challenges and how can our legal framework be strengthened? For more insights into this, we have on the line with us Kuang Chu Yi, member of the Bar Council Environment and Climate Change Committee. Chu Yi, good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Could we start off with just getting your overall assessment in terms of how robust is Malaysia's legal framework for environmental protection? Are there specific gaps in the legislation that actually hinder conservation efforts? Good morning. Thank you for having me. So um, Malaysia has a sectorial legal framework for environmental protection. That is to say that uh, there are several key pieces of legislation that are aimed at addressing uh, environmental issues across different sectors. So our laws are actually more robust than many other countries. Mm. So we have um, the Environmental Quality Act, which is the primary legislation um, for preventing uh, and controlling pollution. And then you have the National Forestry Act, um, which deals with um, conservation of forests. Then there's Wildlife Conservation Act, Fisheries Act, um, a lot of legislation dealing with environmental matters. Now, that being said, um, there are some gaps and challenges um, in our laws uh, that hinder environment conservation efforts. Um, so I'll highlight uh, three primary gaps. Mm. Um, first, we do not have a transboundary haze law. So there are no laws tackling impact of transboundary haze, uh, holding corporate entities accountable for uh, forest fire um, due to peatland clearance and agriculture residue burning. Now, secondly, we also do not have a comprehensive legislation um, dealing with circular economy issue, mm. um, like mandating recycling and composting and right to repair laws. And thirdly, um, our current um, environmental protection framework uh, does not deal with climate change. Um, typically, climate change legislations are set legally by targets and obligations for reduction of carbon emissions and, and address the impact of climate change. And our environmental law does not deal with this issue. Okay, so you've highlighted the environmental legal reforms that you would like to see happen. Do you know whether we're making any progress in this way at all, whether the political parties are uh, moving ahead in this, or at least uh, uh, in a way encouraging this agenda? Um, yes, I, I think um, the current government has already announced that um, they are currently drafting uh, the climate change, uh, a, a new climate change act. So that is, um, I think, quite notable. Uh, and of course, in, in Sarawak, um, last year in November, um, they have announced um, the um, their own uh, climate change legislation that is the first in Malaysia. So I think these are very positive developments. 
Uh, we're going to get to the uh, Sarawak legislation in just a bit, but I do want to dive into uh, a little more what you said about um, our climate change actions not really reflecting environmental conservation. What do you think needs to be done in order to ensure that uh, the environment is a key focus of climate change action? Um, well, we, we need to think about um, what makes a good uh, climate change law, right? So traditional environmental legislation often focus only on controlling uh, pollution, conserving natural resources, and, and protecting diversity. Mm. So while these matters are critical for uh, mitigating aspects for climate change, um, climate change legislation um, imposes specific legally binding targets on government as well as businesses to reduce their carbon emission. And, and it, it typically also uh, deals with... Um, um, matters that promotes uh, the use of renewable energy and also address the adaptation to climate change impact issues. And at the end of the day, like you say, we have quite significant uh, legislation, pieces of legislation on the environment, but what is our track record when it comes to enforcement? Um, well, I, I think um, in terms of enforcement, um, uh, they, they can, there are rooms for improvement. So although we have a comprehensive legal framework for environmental protection, um, the enforcement of these laws uh, sometimes fall short of achieving their intended objectives. So, um, and often we hear about um, the enforcing authority um, lacking in resources. So perhaps um, the government should consider allocating more resources um, to um, the relevant environmental agency that can help them improve and monitor uh, enforcement activities. Um, this may include um, using or in investing in advanced technology for surveillance of environmental violations. Um, so what's quite important as well uh, is that because our um, environmental laws cut across um, different sectors, so um, there is a need to enhance collaboration mm. uh, among federal, state and lo local agencies that uh, can lead to more cohesive uh, enforcement effort to so establishing joint task force or committees that help with uh, cross uh, jurisdictional environmental issues. I think that that will uh, enhance the um, implementation and enforcement of existing environmental laws. And let's come back to Sarawak then, because they were the first state in Malaysia to introduce climate change legislation through the Environment Reduction of Greenhouse Emission Bill 2023. Do you think that this law strikes that balance between ensuring climate change action is tied to environmental protection? And is this the model that we should replicate at the federal level? Uh, yes, uh, I think the, the Sarawak um, climate change legislation, the Environment Reduction of Greenhouse Gas Emission uh, Act, uh, it provides a very good uh, framework or model for um, a, a good climate change legislation. So uh, it covers uh, matters like uh, regulating carbon emission, um, promoting um, uh, carbon capture storage, uh, mitigating climate change effect. Uh, so it requires um, registered businesses in certain economic sectors to submit annual carbon emission report and set carbon emission threshold. Um, so and, and if these businesses um, are not able to do it, then a carbon levy will be imposed on them. So, um, and it also provides for a robust system for project verification and validation uh, of carbon emission by uh, carbon standard, standard administrators. So this ensure uh, integrity and credibility of uh, carbon credits issued in Sarawak. 
I have a question in terms of back to enforcement. Do you think that part of our issue here is that there are many government agencies involved and then also federal and state? And there's perhaps sometimes overlap or maybe areas where it's it's left unsaid who's supposed to, to manage the matter or uh, actually enforce it. Does this then leave the, the question of gaps in our, in our legal system? Uh, yes, yes, that's correct. Uh, so now, j- just as a background, under the federal, co- uh, federal constitution, um, environmental matters are not explicitly stated in either the federal list or the state list mm. or the concurrent list. So uh, instead, what we have um, in uh, our constitution are items that are related to environment. Uh, Some of them are prescribed in the federal list, some are state list and some in concurrent list. So for example, federal list has fisheries, um, uh, agriculture pests, and then um, land and soil uh, conservation falls under the state list, and then um, wildlife Wildlife animals, wild birds, national parks, these fall under uh, concurrent lists. So um, because um, environmental matters cut across different uh, states and federal um, um, jurisdiction, so this becomes a hurdle for effective implementation of, of environmental law. So one approach that perhaps um, the, the government can take is to work towards harmonizing uh, environmental law and regulations between federal and state uh, at, at federal and state level so this will minimize conflict and also ensure a consistent approach and secondly they should also consider um, a frequent joint and collaborative consultation uh, between federal and state government uh, particularly on cross-border environmental issues such as uh, river management, air pollution and, and wildlife conservation and trafficking. Chu Yi, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Kwang Chu Yi, member of the Bar Council Environment and Climate Change Committee, giving us her thoughts on the ways that our legal framework for the environment can be better strengthened, including through better coordination between all the different stakeholders involved. It's 8.46 in the morning. We're heading into some messages, uh, but we will be back to discuss the state of Japan's economy after that. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.